and good evening, and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny. It is Wednesday, April 19th, 2017. Welcome to the show. Well, we got a great show tonight. We have a special guest, returning guest, J.M. DeBoard, the Rad Owl, who is the dream expert, uh, who you can find him usually on Reddit. He's a world-renowned dream expert, and he's the author of two books about dreaming, and should be a really fun show. And if you want to call in and ask J.M. a question, our number is 347-945-5834. 347-945-5834. So let's talk about this evening and the show and what's going on. Uh, well, out here in Guys Guys World, um, we just got through tax day, which was, I believe, uh, everybody had till Monday to get their taxes in. So I hope you everybody got their submissions in there and or getting some money back and put that in the past and look forward to our 2018 which would be the 2017 returns <clears throat> also in the news today a lot of stuff going on and not a lot of it is very good um first we found out that uh former tight end for the new england patriots aaron hernandez he's been uh he was convicted of murder. <clears throat> then he was acquitted just last week of two other a double murder. And then he found him hanged in his cell. The whole thing is a tragedy. Who knows what happened? Um, but it is an absolute tragedy when somebody has those gifts and has the opportunity to play professional football and all of the perks that come with it and ends up in prison for life and then ends up dying in prison alone in his cell. So we don't know what happened exactly, but he they found him hung by a bed sheet. So that's a tragedy. So that's one thing that was bad today. Then we had a lot of stuff going on in the world with uh, our president and the saber rattling with North Korea. And then we found out that our armada of ships that was actually supposedly heading towards uh, North Korea was actually headed to the opposite direction, going towards Australia. But what are you going to do? Now, the saber rattling has been pointed towards Iran, who has been following the, uh, the deal with the, uh, uh, their nuclear, holding back any nuclear development. And yet, uh, we're relooking at that. And it's just becoming a very, and we have Russian planes buzzing over Alaska and Everybody, I think, in this country who has their head screwed on right is, has to be concerned about what's going on because uh, you have a very unpredictable president here. The majority of people here didn't vote for him, and the majority of people in the country are peaceful, and they don't want us to get into wars. And the type of wars that uh, we're on the brink of are nuclear, and that is really bad news. So hopefully – People will come to their senses, and we can avoid some of that bad stuff. The other big thing that happened in the news today is Bill O'Reilly of Fox News. He has his uh, show, The No Spin Zone, or whatever it is. But he's a very popular talk show host, as you know, on Fox. And uh, although he positions himself as an independent, he's pretty pretty right-wing, in my opinion. And... Uh, after a series of uh, payouts on sexual harassment charges, there was more charges against him. And finally, Fox said uh, adios uh, following a lot of advertisers. I think over a dozen advertisers pulled out. And that's usually what triggers things. When the money stops coming in, out you go. So say sayonara to Bill O'Reilly, but I'm sure he'll show up somewhere because he has a huge audience that he built up over the past 20 years. So elsewhere, at least uh, the baseball season's underway. The NBA playoffs have begun. It's interesting that the Boston Celtics, the number one seed in the East, they're already down 2-0. They bought, lost both home games to the Chicago Bulls. The star, Isaiah Thomas on uh, Boston, his sister got killed in a car accident right before the first game of the playoffs. And uh, maybe that got him off his game, uh, which would be understandable. So, like once again, reality gets into the way of entertainment, but it's going to be a wild playoffs. I, there's a lot of the ratings are up and there's a lot of interest. And now I notice that the uh, 
all the playoffs are seven games, which I think is too much. I think it was more fun when the first round was best of five, and then you go to the seven games. But now everything's seven games. It's just dragging everything out because these playoffs are going to go into – it's a real grind. It's like a second full season. It's going all the way into mid-June. We'll see if it ends up according to plan, which would be Golden State against the Cavaliers again. Although uh, the San Antonio Spurs look pretty darn good, so we'll see what happens out west. I don't see uh, anybody stopping LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers in the east. And we've got a uh, motivated Golden State Warrior team that now has Kevin Durant uh, looking to take back the title from Cleveland. So whatever turns out, I think it will either be San Antonio against Cleveland or Golden State against Cleveland, but it'll be a fantastic final because all superstars there. Our special guest this evening is, uh, is J.M. DeBoard. Uh, we're going to get to him in a, in a minute or two. I just want to go through uh, a couple of housekeeping things, and then we'll bring J.M. on. Um, as you know, the whole Guys, Guys brand started with my novel, The Guys, Guys, Guy to Love, and it's all about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. I was interviewed today uh, uh, for an online podcast, and uh, they asked me, like, what inspired me to write the book? was really about the chasm, the communication chasm between men and women that keeps growing. And since the book uh, came out, I think the chasm has gone even wider uh, because there's so much technology now that, uh, you know, millennials, they communicate in a different way. All the technology, I mean, they use it constantly. Emails are, are, have been replaced by texting. Uh, and I, what I like to say is, you know, you can't make a real connection unless you get together face to face. You got to be in front of each other to make a real connection. And everybody's hedging their bets. They're swiping left. They're swiping right. They're doing something called cushioning, which is you date one person, but you have a little stuff on the side just in case, little insurance policy. And dating, uh, you know, just has gotten more complicated than it needs to be. To me, the best way to meet people is organically, though that's tough because everybody walks around. They've got their looking and staring at their phone and they've got their earbuds in. But, you know, I wrote a blog about this uh, today. I'm going to get into that. I do a little thing called Guys, Guys, Guide. We'll get to that in a moment. But just uh, going back to uh, the whole Guys, Guys brand, it's all about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. I want to put a positive message out there and help men and women communicate better with each other. And I put the onus on men, better men, better world, because in today's world, you've got the young and millennial guys. They're somewhere caught between the MMA and manscaping. You've got the women who are finally getting long overdue recognition, although with the current administration, some of their rights have been kind of stomped on uh, and the progress has slowed, unfortunately. And if you're a baby boomer guy, you know, most of the guys I know who are boomers, they, you know, they define themselves by their wallet and their job title. And, uh, they don't really look internally too much. And sometimes when they do, something has to happen to uh, spark that, whether it's an illness or a job loss or a death in the family or something, but sometimes it's too late. Uh, so I think the whole Guys Guys brand is here at the right time and it's growing. Now we have Guys Guys Radio. We're on our 216th 16th podcast. We're available on Blog Talk Radio iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all for free. Please subscribe, please rate, please review on iTunes. That'll really help out a lot because I'm bootstrapping this program. And uh, you can catch me online. I blog uh, every week. I've got a lot of stuff on my website, videos, book excerpts, interviews, a lot of media stuff, Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. And let's go right to this week's feature segment called Guys, Guys, Guide. Well, I wanted to write something for guys about where and how to meet women. I get asked a lot, uh, and I was just interviewed this afternoon for a uh, podcast for, for women. But I thought, let me start out and write about, and they're always asking, like, where can they meet guys? And I always say fish where the fish are. But, but I figured, well, let me write a blog post for men because men are pretty approachable, and sometimes it's tough to meet women if you're a guy, if you know what I mean. So... I, I broke it out into a, a number of places where you can meet women and how to meet them. And let me just zip through them real quickly, and then you can catch the full uh, blog post, which is going to be posted this week, either tomorrow or Friday. 
at robertmanny.com. And you can also catch me on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And I post a uh, daily meme, a guy's guy's meme every day on Twitter and Facebook. So check it out. Hit me up with a like, friend me, whatever. Uh, So good place to make first place where you want to meet women, good looking women, women in shape, fitness classes, yoga, spinning, cardio, the gym, whatever. And everybody says, yo, yeah, sure. There's tons of women there, but how do you meet them? You've got to be patient. You got to take a class. And if you're going to take a yoga class, you don't want to be the worst person in yoga in the class. So you got to commit to something that you're interested in, stick with it and take your time and just give a nod away. Hello. And just get to be a familiar face. And then you can start to meet some of the women there. And the yoga classes are like 85% women. And you get to see them all stretching and sweaty and, oh, it's really great, let me tell you. But you also, you want to take yoga seriously. So you don't want to just go there to pick up women. You want to take a yoga class because you want to learn yoga. It's really good for you. And then a bonus is that there's a lot of nice-looking and nice, smart women and spiritual women who are there. So that's a good place. Another good place is taking classes. Uh, I'll give you an example, language classes. A lot of women take language classes. I took Spanish for four years at night. And not only did I learn Spanish, I'm not proficient in it, but I can kind of get by. But there was always tons of women. In every semester, there was new women in the class. I got to meet a lot of friends. I didn't date anybody from my Spanish class, but I met a lot of cool women. And, you know, when you meet cool women, and even if you're friendly with them, a lot of times they have other women who they want to introduce you to. So it can all work out. Another place is art museums. I was at an art museum, uh, the Met, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I got to tell you, I was blown away. There were so many good-looking women walking around, and a lot of them are by themselves. And if you, uh, again, you know, if you're a gentleman about it and you kind of take your time and you have an interest in art, um, you might be able to uh, chat up a young lady there. Another place, uh, I'm a runner, and I know when I go running, there's lots of women out there running. And also when you do races, there's lots of women who do the races. And of course, you're not going to talk to women while they're running. But after a race and everybody gets a banana and something to drink and everything after the race, it's a, it's a, everybody's in a good mood. They get the endorphins going. So it's a nice time. You can talk to people and make new friends and go for a run together. I'm in New York City, and uh, our high-end supermarket is Whole Foods. And I got to tell you, every time I go there, it's packed with good-looking women. And again, you don't want to be creepy guy hitting on women at Whole Foods. But I think you can ask a question about, uh, you know, the organic quinoa or the uh, avocados and uh, how to make a certain dish, whatever. You can come up with something, but there's tons of women at Whole Foods. Again, these aren't the places that guys usually hang out. You know, guys like to go to bars and sporting events but, uh, and play golf and things like that. But you want to meet women, you got to fish where the fish are. Work is another great place. Everybody's been warned about don't date somebody you work with, but everybody does it anyhow. I think the one uh, area where you have to be really careful, though, is you don't want to date somebody who works for you or somebody that you work for, because that can get sticky if things go wrong. If you work, date somebody in a big company in another department, that makes it easier. Or even if you work with uh, outside companies and you date somebody from an outside company, then you can meet a whole bunch of new people and uh, keep it a little bit one step removed from being in-house, so to speak. Female friends are another great resource for meeting women. If you you have female friends and they like you, they always have girlfriends who are looking to meet guys. And you know what? A lot of them will hook you up with the right type of women. They're not just going to put their doggy friends and, you know, push them at you. Um, You have to do a little qualifying and screening, of course. But uh, a lot of times female friends can be really cool about knowing what you need at the right time. And I wrote about that in the blog. I got a good story, a little sex story in there. So check it out on robertmandy.com. Um, coffee houses and bookstores are great. You know, when you go buy your coffee, I know a lot of times in the morning, it's like zip, zip, you're in, you get your coffee and you're out. But if you see that, see somebody cute that you want to meet, usually people are creatures of habit. They show up at the same time. So you show up when that cute blonde shows up and maybe you buy your coffee. If it's a sit down place, well, that's always an opportunity where you can sit down and have a coffee and sometimes meet somebody there because coffee is a social thing. I've met women in bookstores. It's pretty easy to ask a question about a book or ask them what they're reading or something. You just, you know, don't be creepy, creepy guy lurking around. Be a nice guy. Ask something nice. Smile. Um, 
Weddings or church, awesome places to meet women. You go to a wedding, all the girls are dolled up. They're looking to dance. If they're single, they're looking to meet somebody, believe me. Church, also a good place to meet women. Not during the service, of course, but afterwards, it's always a good time to say hello. Everybody's usually in a pretty open mindset after church. And the bottom line is you can meet women anywhere. And I mean anywhere. I've met women on the subway, on the bus. You can even meet them on the street if you play your cards right. But you got to be a gentleman. You got to be calm. You got to be confident. And you got to be a nice guy and be your authentic self. But there's no reason why you can't meet women everywhere. I know a lot of times we get on the subway, we get on the bus, whatever, and the women have their iPods in, you know, the earbuds in, they're staring at their phone. There's, there's a way. Um, there's a way. There's other women who aren't doing that. And uh, you just got to look for your openings and you got to pay attention and be aware. You don't want to barge in on somebody who's got their earphones on and all that. But, uh, if you look around, there's plenty of people who aren't doing that. So bottom line is you can meet women anywhere. It's all about being yourself, being comfortable in your own skin. And, uh, you know, you got to put yourself out there. You got to be in it to win it, guys. So that's this week's Guys, Guys, Guys. You can read about the whole story that I wrote about on my website, robertmanny.com. Okay, let's uh, uh, bring out our guest in one moment, and we'll be right there. Okay. Back to the show. Time for our special guest, J.M. DeBoard. He is known as the Rad Owl, the Reddit.com dream expert. He's the author of a new book coming out shortly called The Dream Interpretation Dictionary, which I'm sure everybody will be interested in. Symbols, Signs, and Meanings. It's like three books in one. There's a dream dictionary, guide, and encyclopedia. So you have a complete source for understanding the meaning and significance of dreams. He also wrote a book, a very good book on dreams called Dreams 123, Remember, Interpret, and Live Your Dreams, which introduces his anyone-can-do-it system of dream work, known as Dreams 123. So we'll have him review that with us tonight before we get to the new book. He's also a very popular guest on a lot of uh, podcasts and programs. He's a public speaker and lecturer. He teaches millions of people how to understand their dreams and benefit them. He's from Tucson, Arizona, and we're going to bring him on right now. J.M. DeBoard, good evening. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Thank you, Robert. It's my pleasure to be back with you. How was, uh, how's the audio on your end? Uh, it's fine. Yours? Yeah, yeah. Sounds really good. Thank you. Good. Okay. Well, welcome to the show. It's good to have you back. Um, tell us a little bit about what's been going on since uh, we last spoke when we talked about your book, Dreams 123. And as part of that, let's do a little refresher and take us through kind of how people can learn to interpret their dreams because a lot of people uh, don't take the step in keeping a journal by their bed, which to me is the easiest way to remember dreams. But tell us a little bit about the methodology where anybody, how anybody can kind of begin to learn how to interpret their dreams. Well, one thing that I like to make clear to people is, is that dreams, uh, dream interpretation is not as difficult as it can appear to be. You know, sometimes you think you got to put on your guru or psychiatrist hat to be able to understand dreams. And, you know, if you're undergoing analysis, that's one thing. But if you're just waking up from a dream and you want to know what it means, well, there's a few simple steps you can take. The first thing, of course, is to write down all of the details that you can while they're fresh in your memory. Dream details tend to flip away the longer that you wait to write them down. And so you want to get a good record of the dream first, and then you're going to step back and you're going to look at the dream as a story. You know, all stories, they have settings. Most of them have characters. Um, a lot of them have symbols in them. And they also have your narrative components, which are the actions of the dream, uh, the way that you react to the actions, and then some kind of resolution. So the authors and storytellers out there will recognize this as classic storytelling uh, techniques. You know, you're going to have character arcs, you're going to have story arcs, you're going to take things from the beginning, you're going to show the challenges that are faced or the questions presented, the issues, and then you're going to come to some kind of conclusion with the story. Well, dreams pretty much work the same way. They give you a subject of the dream in the beginning of it. You know, like, oh, I, I was back in my uh, high school class, you know, although I graduated a long time ago, and uh, I couldn't find my locker, and then I was trying to find my way to the classroom, and I tripped over a dog, and I spilled my books everywhere, and you know, it's like, well, you've been out of school for 20 years. Why are you dreaming about being back in school? Well, you can start off with this idea and say, well, what is it that I'm trying to learn? And what kind of way am I back in school? 
you know, we have a, a continuous process of learning about ourselves and our lives. And our dreams are going to reflect back to us those things that we need to learn, the gaps in our knowledge, the things about life, about ourselves, about love. In your introduction there, you're talking about relationships and dreams have a lot of good things to say about you and your heart and how you what what you're looking for in a mate and what you want in a relationship and stuff like that. So you go through this process of looking at the dream as a story and understanding that it is told with symbolism. You know, mm-hmm. that being back in high school is symbolism for being back in a place in your life where you need to learn something or there is something for which you need to prepare. So you look at the story, you look at the characters who are with you. What do they mean to you? What feelings do they bring up into you? Oftentimes, all of these details fit together into a big picture. And when you understand how to step back from a dream and look at it as a story, that is when the magic really happens. That's when you can interpret the story. Instead of calling it dream interpretation, I like to call it story interpretation because that's really what you're doing. You know, everybody can, anybody can analyze a story. You know, Robert, you, you go to a movie with a friend and there's things that are thought provoking about it. Then you go somewhere afterwards, you have a, a drink or something, a bite to eat, and you talk about the story and you talk about the characters and the situations that they're put into in the, in the movie. Well, your dream is much the same way. It's putting you into a situation and you can respond to the dream at a story level. You can understand it at the story level. You know, whatever the challenges are that the characters face in the dream are often the sorts of challenges that you face in your own life. I'll give you a quick example. And I think this is one that I think that you and your audience will really dig. There was a a man who dreamed that he was in this like environment where he was having to break into a house and he breaks in and he sees this younger man in his twenties. The man's in his thirties. He's a father. He has a young child. He's been married for a while. Well, he sees this young man and he attacks the young man, like telling him to get out of the house. And then the young man gets together with this young woman and they leave the house. And then the next thing to know, the dreamer is facing this eight foot tall praying mantis looking thing that he's like trying to spray it with acid. And it was just this terrible situation, right? He wakes up horrified from the dream. So we talk about the dream and I say, well, you know, breaking into something is to like, because the house in the dream was presented as his own house and he's having to break into the house. And I was like, you know what that sounds to me is a story about going back into a place in your life where you feel like you can't go to, or it's forbidden from you. You're not supposed to be in mm-hmm. this place. And it's something that's tied to you in your time of life when you were in the twenties, the same as the character in the story. And I said, well, what is it that you're trying to do that feels like it's wrong to you or that you shouldn't be doing it? And he said, you know, I've been thinking about having an affair with my wife, and I did this once a long time ago, and it almost ruined my marriage. And these thoughts have been going through my mind. And I said, you know, I think you've made a connection with the dream here. It's telling you that you're battling this thing inside of yourself. And that big praying mantis, the battle that you have with it is the battle with yourself. And the fear and that whole scene sums up what you know will happen if you take this step. The dream is warning you against this. So by understanding the dream as a story, he could engage with it. You just have to understand the symbolism. And in this case, it revolves around this idea of breaking into your own home. That's symbolism. You Mm -hmm. start there. What could the symbolism mean? Break it down into its simplest idea. Breaking into your own home means there's something where you feel like you belong or you should be there, but for some reason it's denied and you're not allowed to go there. The reason why he's not allowed to go there is because he has the internal restraints against having an affair, which is what the basic background idea of the, of the dream is. So that's where you begin. And from there, dream interpretation can really open up this, this world that is going on in your sleep, this other life that you're living. It can really open you up to it and help you to get these messages and really tap in with your deepest thoughts and feelings. So you asked now, what I've been up to. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Let's, no, no, no. Let's no I, I'm sorry we got off that. Yeah, what have you been up to since the last book? Well, you know, um, I continue working at Reddit, and uh, I say working. I'm really a volunteer, but I'm at the Dreams Forum, which is dreams.reddit.com. And, you know, I've been a moderator there for years now, and I've been a participant in the community going back many years. So I really get uh, – 
a kick out of doing that because there are so many people that I'm able to help. And I, it, it kind of works exponentially. I might be talking with one person about a dream, but there are going to be hundreds of people in the short term and thousands of people in the long term who are going to read about that. So I really enjoy spending my time there doing that. Um, and I've been putting together, I put together this new book and it is, you know, it's almost, it's like 500 pages. Uh, it's a dream dictionary, which I used that format because I realized that most people who are just sort of looking for information about dreams, that is going to be their first source to turn to. But what I wanted to do was create something that fills in the gaps that are missing in your sort of standard book, you know, dream dictionaries that you'll find on the shelves at Barnes and Noble or your favorite bookstore. I, they tend to give these very general answers to things mm -hmm. or they make it sound like this def these definitions that they give for the symbols that they are definitive when they're actually speculative, but they don't teach people how to take that information and apply it to what's actually going on in their dreams. So what I did is I built in a dream guide uh, into the dream dictionary. It walks you along this process of looking at the dream as a story and how to analyze the story. And then it gives you some, an encyclopedia of key concepts so that you can understand the venue where you are viewing that story. And Robert, that venue is your mind. It's in, uh -huh. in your head, your psyche. So mm -hmm. you need to understand your psyche. And I give some very basic facts about dreams that can help them to be understood by anyone. And once you have these, this basic information, you can use the dream dictionary. You wake up from a dream. You've, you can remember a few of the scenes and symbols and stuff from it. You can start flipping through the dream dictionary and see how it all fits together. So I'm really excited about this. I found a publisher, Visible Ink Press, uh, that was willing to invest in me and my work and to put out mm -hmm. this massive book and really take a risk and back me up and put it out there. So they really believe in me. So I'm giving well, them fantastic. everything I got. Good. Well, let's Thank talk you. about it. Thank you. I'm really it. excited. No, it's great. It's really great. And I can't wait to see the book. Um, Tell us a little bit about, you mentioned that there is a, uh, some kind of uh, groundwork that you need to do uh, before you can start to interpret the dreams that you teach people how to do. Could you talk to that point a little bit more, Jan? Yeah, I sure can. You know, um, first thing you have to do is be able to remember your dreams. And that's why I uh, gave in dreams one, two, three, that's where I started. Step one, remember your dreams. Um, and then the other groundwork is also a willingness to be able to look at yourself from a different perspective and perhaps see yourself in the issues that you face and the challenges um, in a way that could be um, sort of the cold, hard truth. It's not to say that dreams are always hitting you over the head with this stuff, but there has to be a willingness to explore yourself and really take an introspective look. You know, we all need time to be able to step back from our lives to be able to reflect. And this is really what dream time is about in the deeper sense is it's about self-reflection. So that willingness to go there, you know, that willingness to dig inside of yourself and really engage with yourself at a feeling level um, is the groundwork that you lay for being able to do dream work. I think this is one of the reasons why even though we know after more than a century since Freud's, you know, initial books came out that really repopularized dream interpretation, I think this is why almost a century or more than a century later that we're in a time right now when dreams have can become kind of obscure again, at least as in popular culture, there's not a whole lot of good information that's out there. There is plenty of good information, but it's hard to find, and you don't see it in a lot of mainstream sources, such as, uh, you know, Good Morning America or, you know, media outlets and stuff. You just don't see this very often, and I think that there's a sort of general unwillingness in the public to do that sort of deep introspection that dreams are going to ask of you. You know, many of us don't, our, our lives are already busy and complicated enough, and dreams are going to ask you to really look at yourself and to uh, question your priorities. Uh, they're, they're not going to, to try to hit you over the head too hard with anything unless you have some kind of really serious issue that's chronically, you know, it's gone on, it's chronic, and you really need to do with it. And those are generally nightmares that hit you. And then you're forced into a situation where you have to go into introspection. I think depression is also this very widespread depression and malaise that we see in our society is actually a call from within ourselves to go inside to look for mm -hmm. our existential answers 
You know, depression is really is the body. It's the psyche's own mechanism for making you turn within yourself to disengage from your external life for a while and turn on your internal life and really put that focus there. Answer those existential questions. Then you can re-engage in the world with your full, you know, energy. But until you do that and you have that willingness to really, you know, look at yourself in a objective sort of way that is given to you by dreams, then I think that that depression or that malaise just sort of continues. So it's uh, it's really interesting, and I think it ties in a lot with what you talk about with your audience because you know you're you're giving them advice for living their lives better, for becoming an authentic person, you know. Mm-hmm. And we live in this world where there's all kinds of fake BS going on, you know. There's there's fake news and fake profiles, <laughs> and you know, I mean, it seems like there's fake everything these days. And as a dream expert, I look at this and I go, man, you know, the answer is right here. The answer is really found in our in, in turning within ourselves and looking towards this source of authenticity and truth that is always within you. It might reflect things back to you subjectively, but it's always going to have your best interest in mind. And that's something that you can't say about this is the world in general, and even sometimes, unfortunately, about the people who are closest to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, your dreams always have your best interest in mind, and I think there will be a real renewed interest in it once the word gets out there. If you'll help me with this, Robert, the word will get out there. Absolutely. That dream source of information for you, that it's the source of authenticity and truth that's the antidote for a fake world. I, I, I agree with you. Um. Well, let's let's help our listeners out with that a little bit. So I think what happens with most people is they're interested in going inside and they're interested in trying to figure out what their dreams are. And they have a dream and they're like, oh, wow. And then they turn over and uh, the second they get out of bed, the, the details start to fade away. And, uh, you yeah. know, once you start moving, it's kind of over. So uh, my best recall was when I kept a journal, like a composition book next to my bed with a pen. And I would literally wake up and start writing pages because I just, I got, I trained myself to it. And now I've been trying to get back to that. But one of the things, and maybe you can teach us uh, what we should do. One of the things I've been doing lately is before I kind of doze off, I ask for help that I, uh, my subconscious my guides or whatever, or my higher self will give me the information I need while I'm in my dream state. Do you think that that's something that helps? Absolutely. Oh, yes. I I was about to say kudos to you, man, because that is a technique that has been used for, you know, centuries, uh, maybe going back way longer than that. But we know from People, you know, like, let's just say that you are, uh, you know, you're Einstein or you're Isaac Newton or you're Beethoven and you need fresh ideas or you need creativity or you have a problem you're trying to solve. You have something you want to, you know, information that you need and you ask your dreams before you go to bed to provide it for you. And they will respond, maybe not immediately, but as you build this relationship with this other side of yourself, the unconscious Mm -hmm. mind it will step in and be a sort of life coach for you. And so this is the key though, is like any relationship, you're going to get back what you give into it. And you've noticed this, Robert, as you put yourself, as you give more energy to your dreams, your energy, your dreams tend to feed back to you with more energy and more insights. And it really does begin with that morning routine of taking the first few minutes to grab your journal and write down what you see in your head, what those memories are of your dreams. Even if you only have a few memories at first, that's mm-hmm. okay. It, the, the, the daily practice of this will eventually lead to the point where you're going to have really good detail. You're going to have really good recall. You're going to have a lot of, de- of uh, material in that dream journal that's going to help you along the way, and it's going to act as your guide. So, yes, give yourself time in the morning. The first five or ten minutes are critical. Make sure that your mind is clear and you're not thinking about something else as soon as you wake up. Your focus goes right on your dreams. Mm -hmm. There's a study that says that in the first five minutes after you wake up, that about 50% of the dream memories are going to be gone. After ten minutes, it's going to be to 90%. Now, it doesn't mean that they are forgotten. It just means that they're getting buried under layers and it's going to be harder and harder to get to them. If you can at least get a glimpse 
of them while you're writing everything down, even if you can't write fast enough to get it all down, if you've reviewed it in your mind and it's pulling it into another part of your memory that's going to be able, it's going to be accessible for longer. So you start there, give those first few minutes to your dreams, keep a, uh, you know, dedicate to your practice of keeping a dream journal and think of it as a relationship. And the better you treat that part of yourself, which is really how you're treating yourself, the better you treat yourself and the more energy and time that you put into it, the more that it's going to feed back to you and the more benefits and rewards you're going to get from it. And you're going to find out, hey, there was a reason why people have been doing this for many centuries and they have gained a whole lot of benefit from it. I just found out, uh, did you know that Larry Page from Google, did you know that the idea for Google, the, the algorithms behind the search engine, did you know it came to him in a dream? I did not know that. That's fascinating. I mean, this is the largest technology company in the world, and he was, he was a graduate student at Stanford. He was looking for something that he could uh, focus on as his study as a student and he was you know the internet was new at the time and or at least the popularity of it it was really starting to you know to to get out there uh, everybody had to use dial-up modems and they were right. calling into like CompuServe and AOL and all that you know um, and so he uh, yeah he was a graduate student and he he knew he wanted to do something with the internet but he wasn't sure what and he said he woke up in the middle of the night from a dream he had this idea that you could download download instead of you could download all of the content from the internet and then put it through this algorithm that he called page rank and then they from there you could give better search results he thought it was an audacious idea he didn't think it could be done technologically but he went ahead mm -hmm. he said he woke up in the middle of the night he scribbled down all these ideas from the dream and then he said he spent the rest of the night just hashing everything out and then, you know, uh, from there, he went to his graduate advisor, said, this is what I want to do. The advisor gave the thumbs up and it ended up becoming PageRank. And uh, PageRank wow. is the heart of Google. And Google ended up becoming yep. the largest technology company in the world in only 20 years. So this know, tells so nice you something. That your mm -hmm. dreams are constantly giving you these ideas. It's just, are you willing to listen? You know, yep. are you willing to take the time to write this stuff down? Now, what I understand about Mr. Page, there's limited information about his dream life. But, but from what I understand is he already knew that his dreams were good sources of information. So he already knew to pay attention to his dreams. And I've read that he kept a journal by his bedside, that he had a notebook nearby in case he woke up in the middle of the night with an idea um, or with a dream memory. And he could roll over right away and get the stuff out while it was fresh. So, you know, if Larry Page is doing it and people like Albert Einstein, he came up yep. with the idea for relativity from a dream. And uh, he worked on it for years, and that was what he eventually applied as a physicist. He used the dream as the basis for his concept for the theory of relativity. Um, this is, goes on and on. Uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon talked about how uh, they were basically writing songs directly out of their dreams. There were times that they were more of transcribers for these fabulous creative ideas that came to them in their dreams rather than, you know, the, uh, they, they felt like these ideas were being given to them that it was coming from this other source like there was this great songwriter in the sky and the mm -hmm. songwriter was going hey here's a nice melody yesterday <laughs> all night yeah. you know like he, he actually I think he called it scrambled eggs when it first came out of his head he said he had the melody right. and he, he, he figured out the, the lyrics later but it was just one of many examples and um, it, there are so many benefits that you can gain from from listening to your dreams you know, you, you have a, you talk a lot about love and relationships, and I have had so many people come to Reddit and to Facebook where I have an active page there um, and other ways of reaching me to tell me these stories that they've had about finding the love of their life and their dreams. And they often, you know, the question really? is, how can I make this into reality? Yeah, the most popular post that we've had in the last year was I had another one of those dreams where I met the love of my life and then I woke up and now I'm heartbroken. And you wouldn't believe how many people have chimed in to say, I have had the same experience. What is this all about? And I go, hey, look, for one, at least you had a chance to experience it in some way, shape or form. Even though it was a dream, you a dream is an experience. It's a reality while you are having the dream. And so to fall in love and really have that sense of connection with another person while you're dreaming is great. 
just take it at face value. But you can also look at this as being an encouragement. You're being told that this is something that you want, that it will be deeply satisfying to you, and you can take steps to do it. Now, you might have to consciously fill in the details, like you were giving information earlier about, hey, you know, if you're having trouble meeting people, why don't you try out these ideas for places where you can go to meet people? Well, I was Mm -hmm. going to throw in there, why don't you try out a dream group? You know, they're all over the city. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. you try because if you're looking for people who are in that, if you if you are an authentic person and you are looking for an authentic mate or at least people to meet who are really into you know the personal development and self reflection and looking for truth and you know then a dream group is a great way to do this. Now I'm I'm hoping there's not a huge influx of single you know men and women into the local dream groups who are only there to uh, you know as a pickup spot. It, it, you're definitely using the long-term plan here people this is not you're probably not going to find a date for tonight that way Um, but the what you're going to do is you're going to center yourself more you are going to um, integrate more of your personality into a cohesive structure this is what dreams are doing every night for you is they are helping you to integrate material in they're helping you to learn they're helping you to develop yourself to know what your real talents and abilities and desires and feelings are and as you do that you will give off a better vibe You will be more at ease with yourself. You will be more at ease with other people. You will find that thing in your life that helps to ignite your passion. And passionate people who have something that they're really, you know, that really excites them and gets them up in the morning is that is probably one of the biggest sort of attractors. You know, you look at a person like that and you go, wow, what motivates you? What drives you? You know, there must be something interesting about this person. They give off a really good vibe. Again, this is the long-term plan. You know, uh, if you are 18 years old and you've never had a real boyfriend or girlfriend and you are just dying for that opportunity, you want it right now. And your dreams are not necessarily going to tell you the right party to go to where you will meet the right person. But what they will do is they will show you how to live your life in a day-to-day way that will open up these opportunities for you in the long run. And if you really want love and you really want a soulmate, you know, you really want, you know, a good relationship for marriage and for family or just for fun. You know, your dreams can help you to get to these things. But again, it's a long-term plan. And if you put your energy into this relationship with your dreams, they will feed you back things that will um, help you to grow and develop and be cohesive and integrated as a person so that you give off a really great vibe and naturally attract people to you. Okay, what good. Do you think, Robert? I, I, I to- wholeheartedly agree. Uh, you shouldn't join a dream group to pick up girls, but you should join a dream <laughs> group because you're interested in dreaming. And if, if at the same time you meet nice women there, all the, all the better. Uh, you know, it's about being authentic. You don't just go places to, you know, you, you want to be, in other words, you can't fake your way through a yoga class. You can't fake your way through a dream class. You can't fake your way through a Spanish class. You have to be in it to win it. And then if you're, you know, you've got some skills, you'll be all the more impressive. But let's talk about some yeah, of the uh, symbols, because um, I think uh, an important distinction has to be made because you, I think, are implying that, you know, context is more important than just the symbols. However, yes. uh, there, there's some very uh, sometimes if we can't remember everything, that's, we haven't gotten to the point where we remember, recall everything about the dream, but we remember certain symbols and some, some of those symbols or situations recur. So let me throw a couple of those at you, JM, and uh, give me yeah. your thoughts. So these are the, the obvious ones. Um, uh, birth. I'll give you an example. My wife, I said, I, was, I told her that I was having you on the show. And she said, oh, I just had this dream. I gave birth. I said, what else? She goes, oh, I just had a dream and I gave birth. And it was a very easy birth. and It was an all natural birth. And I had a baby and that was it. Now she's not pregnant or anything, but I said, well, you know, it probably means something new is going to happen. Uh, but let me throw that one your way, JM. And I'm sure other people dream about birth and birth all the time. It's a very probably doesn't theme. mean yeah. birth is like a birth of a child, so to speak. But maybe what what does it mean? Birth of an idea or new beginning or what? What does birth usually mean? 
Well, you know, you're barking up the right tree. Um, birth, if you think about it as symbolism for something, it means at, at its simplest, it's getting something out of you, uh, something that gestated within you for a period of time. And I find that to be a great metaphor often for creativity, some kind of create, creative idea. Um, but you can also expand that idea to include, you know, um, just about anything that is, you know, if you have a, a feeling developing within you, uh -huh. like, for example, you've been dating someone for a while, you're developing feelings for the person, there comes a point when maybe you decide to formalize the relationship or take the next step that could be symbolized as giving birth. Um, you can, I, I, I know a woman who had this dream about, um, she had, uh, three, uh, stillborn babies and, uh, it was really distressing to her. And I was like, you know, three is a very specific number. Let's look at that and let's tie uh -huh. it together with creativity first and see if there's anything going on that catches with, you know, that we can um, relate this to going on in your life. And she said, Oh, you know, it's funny. I had three art projects I was working on for this big uh, art show that was coming up, but I'm an office manager by day and I've been coming home at night. So, you know, just uh, beat up from work that I don't have the energy to put into them. And so I was like, well, can you see the metaphor in the dream for three stillborn babies for three art projects that you started but didn't complete? So mm -hmm. the baby that's yep. growing within you is something that, you know, in this case, the dream, you put it into context and the idea of, well, it's giving birth, but it's something that's not alive when it's born. What does that mean? You know, well, it means in her case, it was three projects that she didn't finish. Now, here's the other thing about uh, pregnancy and birth dreams is most of the time they are symbolic. Sometimes they can tell you, hey, you're pregnant, kiddo. Um, but here's a mm -hmm. third way that they can work on this idea is they can help you to work through your own thoughts and feelings about the subject. You know, turn around and ask yourself, well, you know, am I ready to have children right now? Is there something that needs to be done to prepare for this? Did I, am I the kind of person who said I never wanted to have children? Then you actually have a dream about giving birth to this beautiful baby and you're holding it in your arms and looking at it in the eyes and feeling this deep love and connection. And after having that experience, can you still say, I never want to have children? You know, so dreams are known for bringing up these stories and putting you into these situations so that you can work through your true thoughts and feelings. You want to get past those knee-jerk reactions. No, I'm never having kids. I'm never having a family. Well, hey, let's, let's see how you really feel about this inside. It's not to say that it's, there's anything, it's right or wrong, whatever your decision is. It's just helping you to really think everything through and figure out what, true, what you truly feel about it. Mm -hmm. So there are different ways of looking at you know, birth and, 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 and pregnancy as symbolism. Uh, just a quick example of a way that dreams can give a twist. They always are, to, put it in the context, dreams are always putting twists on these ideas. There was a young woman that came to Reddit and said that she was having reoccurring or recurring dreams about being pregnant, giving birth, and her family is freaked out about it. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, you know, is there any chance of you actually, this actually happening? She's like, no, I'm not sexually active. I'm like, well, what would happen if you got pregnant? And it's like, would your reaction be the same as with your family? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, you know, in the dream, I really felt like I was being blamed for something that I didn't do because she couldn't remember actually having sex. And, you know, in the dream, she didn't remember having sex. She's like, how did I get pregnant? Why am I being blamed for something that I didn't do? And we then took that idea. And I said, well, is this something that happens to you a lot in your family? And she said, yes, all the time. I'm constantly being blamed for things that I didn't do. And I said, so does it appear that the dream created a situation that helps you to connect with those feelings? It's not that you're going to get pregnant. It's that the idea of being pregnant and then being blamed for it when you didn't do anything to get pregnant, that relates to this larger subject of constantly being blamed for by your family for other things that you didn't do. So the dream created a scenario to help her to really work through her feelings. From there, she has to consciously decide what she's going to do with it. But in a way, the dream is giving her some armor. It's saying, hey, maybe you are being unjustly blamed for these things. And with that knowledge, then maybe the next time that their family starts laying into you about something that you didn't do, then maybe you have a little bit more psychological protection against those attacks. Excellent. So do you want to go on and talk about other symbols? Yeah, yeah. Let me throw one. Uh, how about um, travel? Um, where it's not necessarily getting on a plane and traveling, but there's you're you're on a path 
during the dream where you have to make decisions go this way or that way. And uh, I, I, I personally have that recurring dream where there's always travel involved, always movement, always travel. And uh, yes. the roads are different and I'm seeing bridges I haven't seen. I'm seeing roads I haven't seen. And some of them represent roads that I know, but they're different. And uh, I always have to make choices. And then there's always, a, there's always changes in the directions. And, and I'm assuming that I am kind of looking for the right way for me. Yeah. You know, you think of a, when you're traveling uh, or in, in many scenarios presented by dreams, what you're presented with is a physical representation of a personal situation. Mm-hmm. This is something I really emphasize in my new book. And what it means is that the dream will show you something physically that is actually personal or emotional. You know, the dream shows you getting stabbed in the heart and recently somebody did something to you that really hurt you in your heart emotionally. It's a Mm -hmm. physical representation getting stabbed, you know. So if you think of a journey as in a dream, you're traveling in the dream, you know, that is representing the day-to-day movement of your life. And dreams will use different modes of transportation to represent different ways of getting to places. Like taking off in a plane can mean like a relationship or, a, or your career or something is taking off, you know. But if you're it. talking about a longer, slower journey, it might show you on a boat, you know, or, you know, in a canoe kind of gently going down the river, you know. So um, I find that movement in a car or with your own legs represents the effort that you are making to get places in your life. You know, mm-hmm. a bridge can mean that you are looking yep. for a route over an obstacle. You begin by thinking of it not only you start with the physical representation of a personal situation, but you also ask yourself in simplest terms, what does this really mean? If you're faced with the bridge and the bridge goes over an obstacle, you could view the bridge as being symbolism for a route over an obstacle in your life. It's some type of a metaphorical representation. Yep. Um, if you come to a place where the fork, you know, there's a fork in the road. Well, we all know that metaphor, right? It means that you've got a decision to make, and that decision is going to be very important because it's going to take you in, in a new direction, and you really need to think the situation through. So, yeah, that's, that's how I would interpret a dream like that. How about uh, sex? Because I'm sure that sex doesn't necessarily literally mean sex in your real life, but it must have a different, I'm guessing that has a different meaning. <laughs> it can? <laughs> you know, it can. Yeah, it sure can. I have, you know, I've had some great sex in my dreams, i got to tell you. Hey, you know, but here's the thing is, is that, again, a physical representation for something, such as getting closer with a person, um, such as... How about with strangers, though, somebody well, that you've never seen before? Which means it could be something that is about you that is new to you. It is strange to you in the sense that it's Ah. new to you and it's being Mm -hmm. integrated into your personality. Because if you think about the physical act of sex, two bodies uniting with each other, that is a great metaphor for integrating new material into the psyche. Uh, Mm -hmm. You are always going through a day-to-day process of gaining new information and then figuring out where it fits into the structure of who and what you are. Now, here's another way of looking at sex in a dream is, is that it might be saying, I want to be closer with someone or something in my life. Um, I was just reading a, a great blog post the uh, other day from, um, uh, I believe it's J-O-R-D-I, so I think his name's Hordy, Hordy Barras, B-A-R-R-A-S. He has a blog on Huffington Post, and the dream, and the, the title of his post is, I had sex with you last night. In a dream, <laughs> right? And so he goes through all the stuff we talked about. He's a, he's a Jungian-based therapist and stuff. He's really dynamite. And uh, he, uh, he gets to the end of it, and he says that the, the title came from a friend of his who came to him rather sheepishly and said, I had this funny dream. I want to tell you about it, but I'm not sure. And he's like, look, you know, just tell me what it is. And he goes, I had sex with you last night. And, of course, they have a good wow. laugh, you know, because they're good friends and everything. And what they, the conclusion that they came to was – They'd been out of touch for a while, and they missed each other. The friend mm-hmm. missed Hordy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, there was a very simple message in there, which was we used to have this sort of close, you know, intimate connection, intimate as in personal connection, and maybe it's time to kind of reignite the friendship. Um, there are people who are creative who co- have a lot of sex dreams, and it's really about the closeness and intimacy that they feel with the things that they create. 
I even had a guy who had a dream about getting real like foreplay type of situation with one of his dream characters. And I thought, wow, as an author, what better way of getting into the mind of your characters than by having sex with them? You know, I hope all the authors out there get a good you know, no, I but love yeah, it. there's, it's a really layered, uh, uh, symbol and it doesn't always mean anything physical. Although, Hey, if, if you need some kind of sexual release and you have a really good sex dream, then sometimes you just take it at face value. Your dreams can act as wish fulfillment and they really can give you what you need when you need it. All right. Let me get into one more theme and then I have a, a different type of question, but the other theme, which I think a lot of people have experienced is death. Yes. Yeah. You know, and oftentimes the reaction is very distressing because people have just enough knowledge of sort of the pop culture references to dreams about death to know that every once in a while they come true, you know. But I can tell you after uh, interpreting hundreds of these dreams and looking at historical cases of it that only a few of them, uh, like uh, uh, Mikey Walsh, uh, the old uh, uh, musician from Weezer, I think he was the guitar player, uh, he tweeted that he was going to die and he had a dream that he was going to die in two weeks of a heart attack in Chicago. And two weeks later, he was in Chicago and he died of a heart attack. Um, So, you know, there are some very famous examples. Uh, Abe Lincoln's dream about, you know, seeing himself dead in the White House. And uh, uh, there was also the boxer Sugar Ray Robinson who dreamed about killing his um, uh, his opponent uh, in the ring. And he tried to back out of the fight and they told him, hey, it's only a dream. Don't you know, don't wimp out now, et cetera, et cetera. He walks into the ring and he kills the guy on accident, of course, Mm -hmm. you know. So, but usually what death means is that there is something about you that is receding or fading away. There is something that is no longer right for your life right now, or it's being forced out of you. Um, I, I helped a guy with a dream about kittens drowning in a pool, and he was uh, an adolescent who felt like he was losing the sort of gentle, soft side of himself, represented as the kittens, um, because he was uh, being kind of forced to toughen up. When you're a 15-year-old boy, you know, you don't want to look like you're soft and gentle in certain crowds, you know. Uh, so he felt like that part of himself was being lost. Um, and so we constantly go through this process of adding layers onto the person that we used to be. And as this happens, that old person kind of fades into the background. I found this a lot with relationships too. When the relationship feels like it is dying in the figurative sense, then it will show it in the physical sense. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, cause I'm at Reddit, I get a lot of, um, of younger people there and it's a very sure. common dream thing among, um, uh, especially among males, but also among females too, who are at a certain age when they're drawing away from their parents. And it feels to them like a little death. It feels to them like the relationship is in this place that they've never been in before. And it feels like death in a Mm -hmm. sense, in a figurative sense. You know, it could be that something needs to change. You know, I mean, what is death when you really look at it in simplest terms? You could look at it as being the end. So you start there and you look at your life and you go, what's coming to the end? Or the beginning. Or, Or a beginning or a change. It's yep. the end. It's the it's the end of something old and the beginning of something new. So you look at it as a change. It's often very positive. Believe it or not, Robert, in the dream interpretation community, it's known that when people dream about death, um, it is often a very good sign that there is something new emerging in the person mm-hmm. that's going to be good for them. Now, how about to that same theme? Um, a lot of people dream about deceased friends or relatives and i've had yeah. that happen personally where where like my, my grandmother will be in the dream but she doesn't say anything so what is do you believe that that means uh that they're literally there in a different uh dimension um and it they can or is it simple yeah it, no it can if they're there as a spiritual visitation the the distinct personality of the person is there and they are there with an agenda to communicate something to you um, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, the message comes through telepathically, but usually it's if it's been a recent death, then it's of a loved one, then it's the dream is probably about dealing with the grief and loss. If it's years later and it's those feelings aren't fresh anymore, then especially in your case, think of it as what did grandma teach you? Robert, how are you shaped by her? Mm-hmm. 
What yeah. is it about her that is still with you? Even if it's not a direct teaching, maybe it was something like, hey, this is the one person who always believed in me and told me I could do anything if I set my mind to it. Right, you know? right. So mm-hmm. now you could look at her as a marker for the story to help you identify that that's where you're at in your life and that your grandma is still with you inside. She's still part mm-hmm. of your memory. She's still part of your character. Now, how about – now, here's the last question for you, J.M. Um, participating, do you recommend or do you teach how uh, dreamers can participate in their dreams? Oh, as like a lucid dreaming. Um, yeah. I consider it to be graduate work. I think that you need to lay a foundation first of just developing that relationship with your, with your dreaming half, with, with, with your dreaming life. And then you can start to become aware of yourself while you're dreaming by doing what they call reality checks. You do things, ask yourself right now, how do I know I'm awake? Hey, dreams are great at simulating reality. How do you know for sure? So there are things that you can do, like look at your hands, count how many fingers you have, and see, focus on them and see if there's any kind of wavering or distortion of reality. In a mm-hmm. dream, oftentimes you'll have like three fingers, or they'll blend together into one big finger, or there will be something that will strike you as being against reality, and you go, okay, I'm dreaming, and now what do I do? And you ask the dream to show you something that is like will help you in some kind of way or have it programmed into your mind what you want to experience. I had a chance to fly the other day. I've always wanted to dream about flying and I had a chance to do it. I became conscious that I was dreaming and it kicked in without even hardly having to think about it because I'd been telling myself this for days, actually weeks, months, really, that I I wanted to have this experience. It wasn't astral projecting as much as it was just having a really awesome dream experience of flying. I wanted to know what that was like and just to take off like, you know, like a bird without even Mm -hmm. flapping my wings, just take off and fly. You know, Um, I do think that you can get deeper into these things and that you can leave your body in a dream and you can do things such as out of body experience or astral projection. Um, But for most people, they need to start with the basics and they need to put that stuff out of their mind for now because there are too many side questions that come up with it. And for a lot of people, it makes them disconnect from their everyday reality. And here's the thing, Robert, is you have built-in safeguards. If you are not ready to experience something, your mind will not allow you to experience it. At least it won't facilitate it. So if you are not ready for something such as astral projection or you are not ready to have spiritual contact with a deceased loved one, then your dreams will not facilitate it because they know it's going to do more harm than good. Got it. All right. Listen, we're out of time, but you know, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio has been J.M. DeBoard, a.k.a. Rat Owl, the uh, dream expert on Reddit. Um, J.M., um, I got to get hold of your book. It's not out yet, is it? No, it's not, but an advanced copy is on its way to you. My publisher okay. uh, uh, told me that they, they've got your mailing address, and it uh, might even be in the mail as we speak. But right. if they go to my, – my publisher is Visible Link Press, and uh, the, the book is The Dream Interpretation Dictionary by J.M. DeBoard. And start there. It's going to be out really soon. And I tell you, for anybody out there that's looking for an introduction to dream interpretation, but it also could be the book that they use for a lifetime and gives them all of the references and information they need. It's all right there in that book. All right. Well, listen, what I'd like to do is – Go to dreams123.net. Okay. You're Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. You're a fantastic guest, and I want everybody to support you. So what I'd like to do and think about it is uh, once I get your book – I want to go through it and I want to bring you back because I have like three pages more of questions that we didn't get a chance to get to. And I, I really want to help sell product and also you know, get your <laughs> message out there. So maybe we could set something hey, else yeah. up. would love to. I would love to. Okay. Yes. Good. Because you're, you know, I think you're fantastic and you're breaking new ground and uh, it's, it's just a pleasure. You're a good guest because you just take the ball and run with it. And I love that. So tell everybody again where they can find you and uh, we'll, we'll let you go then. Sure. Uh, visit me at dreams123.net. That's my uh, blog. Uh, it also has a lot of information there. I've been writing about dreams for years at that, at that blog, so drop on by. Um, and the other is um, go to facebook.com slash interpret dreams, 
or just search for Interpret Dreams, one word, at, uh, at Facebook. And you should find my Facebook page, and I do a lot of updating there. And, of course, if you're looking for a good dreams community, drop by dreams.reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T.com. We have over 30,000 subscribers. Um, wow. And I think, uh, without having full evidence of this, I believe that it's the largest online community for dreams in the world. And uh, so, Fantastic. yeah, please drop on by. Yeah, it's an awesome place, and uh, we have a lot of really great resources there on the sideboard for people who are uh, looking for information and knowledge about their dreams. All right. Well, listen, uh, it's always a pleasure. You're, you're a good man, and you're doing good work, and you're, you're a guy's guy, J.M., so I look forward to having you yeah. back again. I look forward to getting your new book, and uh, we'll talk about it with our, guest, with our uh, listeners. So thanks so much for being on the show. Enjoy the rest of the week, and uh, we'll talk soon. My pleasure, Robert. It sounds great. Thank you. All right. Be well. Okay, everybody. That's our show. Uh, J.M. DeBoard, the Rad Owl. You can catch him on Reddit and every place else that he mentioned to you. And uh, I highly uh, endorse his work. Uh, His book, Dreams 123, is fantastic. And I can't wait to look at his new book, which is called The Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbols, Signs, and Meanings. So look for that and catch him on Reddit. Uh, That's our show for this evening. Uh, next week, we're back next Wednesday. We've actually have, have somebody new. We're going into a, a wellness guest, which is going to focus on dieting. Her name is Kristen Nolan. I can't wait to talk to somebody new there. And uh, until then, have a fantastic week. And remember, like I always say, guys, guys, finish first.